afternoon, good evening, one and all. Thank you so much for joining us in our episode number nine of the SRE Practitioner Series. I'm your host, Suresh GP, and I'm very glad to have today Stephen C. Kalkowski, AVP of Site Lab Engineering for the Enterprise SRE Center of Enablement at the Hartford Financial Services, joining us today to share his practical wisdom on the SRE journey. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us today and sharing your real-world experience. On oh, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. So. Excellent. So, uh, Steve, give us a little bit of background about yourself and your journey so far um, towards SRE. What's been your overall career journey? Sure. So, I'll go back all the way to, to 2015 when I, uh, when I took on a new role managing the, uh, our personal lines application portfolio. And when I first came into the, to the line of business, we were really experiencing a high degree of instability in that platform, and which was really starting to impact uh, our business and, and the capabilities of selling and service our personal lines business. So what I did was, uh, this is actually before uh, we embarked on the, on the formal SRE practice, I created a role called multi-stack engineer. So what I did was I took our best and brightest tech leads from our app dev uh, team, which I was also managing, and I, and I uh, re rebranded them, if you will, into multi-stack engineers. So they were really, really uh, highly competent uh, technical experts. And then what we did is we focused them 100% on driving uh, reliability improvements things such as improving observability and, and uh, incident management practices and, and so forth. And we'll go into that uh, a little bit more later. But, uh, and so that evolved over the, the, the next several years. And then uh, we had, uh, we had a, uh, uh, one of our vendor partners come in to help us with some, uh, some cost savings initiatives. And part of that was looking at our organizational models as well. And they proposed that, you know what, we should really move forward and, and, and start really a formal site reliability engineering practice versus kind of having our conventional production support teams in the other lines of business. And then me having a multi-stack engineer practice, which was, you know, which was a little bit different within personal lines. Uh, so, you know, once I heard that, I was really excited about now taking the journey, you know, to another level and really, uh, really starting to embark and, and put together, what does an SRE practice look like? And so, you know, I modeled it, you know, a little bit after what we've done with the multi-stack engineer program and personal lines, but then took some of that expertise from our consulting partner and, and meet, uh, weave that into uh, to approach. And what we ended up doing is we created a, uh, a very formal, uh, uh, what I'll call reliability engineering framework which is based on core tenants and based on uh, moving our SRE teams into an agile operating model, you know, to get the velocity and speed of uh, driving these improvements in. And so, uh, you know, back in, uh, back in 2020, we actually uh, uh, went forward and started, uh, I created the center of enablement for SRE. So we could take uh, those best practices and we can start working with the other lines of business and we worked with our global specialty. We worked with our uh, personal lines, certainly. We worked with middle and large commercial with our claims organization. And then we just finished up with our corporate 
and investment management uh, business. So now we have uh, we have five lines of business who have SRE teams in place and are all at a different place of maturity, but now we're helping them continue on their maturity journey. Excellent. I think uh, that's a great uh, summary of your journey towards the cycle lab engineering. Now, um, how did you structure the SRE program? Because sometimes what happens is that's the most important part, right? Because there's so many different tenets that we talk about, and it's a massive program to build that level of um, shared ownership and focusing on our converged goal. So how did you go about structuring the site lab engineering program to be more effective? Yeah. You know, I think the most important part of the, of the program was putting together that reliability engineering framework, which was based on core tenants around observability, incident management, blameless postmortem, or what we formally call problem management, uh, operational readiness, shift left and automation. And then under all of that is the agile operating model to, to really, again, drive, you know, drive continuous improvement and drive speed and, and velocity into, into the practice. And if you look at each of those core tenants, we also went deeper and created a series of features in each one. So for example, in observability, full stack monitoring, transaction tracing, health check APIs, uh, things of that nature. If you look at incident management, introduction of on-call schedules of, uh, you know, self-healing capabilities around automation, things of that nature. And then, you know, really the, the, the goal is to create a consistent methodology and approach to how we look at reliability. In the past, when we had separate, you know, production support teams by line of business, each one would do what they felt was, was right for their particular situation or for their particular knowledge base. So their knowledge of tools, their knowledge of processes, this brings it all together and packages it up into a very consistent methodology and framework where now each of these SRE teams, as well as the teams who have not embarked on SRE journey, like our global specialty team, I mean, like our uh, group benefits uh, organization, you know, they can take this framework and methodology and they can, uh, they can get value from it just as well as having SRE squads as well. So, uh, you know, really, again, the, the structure of the, of the SRE framework is really the, the biggest piece. You know, one thing that we also did was we created a, uh, we, we, we partnered the framework with, a, with an HR organizational component to that. And what I mean by that is we designed, you know, our job family, our, our site reliability engineer job family, we put new job descriptions in place. Uh, you know, we did our marketplace analysis of the engineering job families. And, and then, uh, uh, so that was kind of the HR uh, baseline work that we did. But then in order for us to move forward with a line of business, what we said was, okay, you need to, you need to create an SRE squad. You need to have an SRE product owner who is usually the, the app owner or, you know, a, a very seasoned tech lead within the portfolio who really knew the portfolio and the tools and the applications. Then we said, you got to have a scrum master because we're going to put you in an agile operating model. So you need, you need somebody to, to drive the, you know, the, the, the sprint cadence. Then you need, we need SRE engineers. And then we need to identify, let's, we're not going to boil the ocean of your entire app portfolio, but let's pick out four or five of your most critical apps and let's implement the SRE team and the capabilities on those 
uh, critical apps so we can learn and we can understand what we need to do. Let's drive the improvements and maturity around that. And then when you feel comfortable and confident, then you can expand it to a larger portion of your app portfolio uh, and services. So that's, uh, that's the way we structured it. In hindsight, I think that, uh, and, and I'm, I'm pretty confident if I was going to start this over again, I wouldn't have worried about the HR component and putting, you know, putting a, an SRE squad in place necessarily. I would have really uh, started with just the framework and the methodology and bring that to an LOB in their current organizational structures, which again was uh, the way most uh, CIO areas were, were organized before we did deploy SREs was you had your value stream teams who were driving the, the new features, and then you had your production support or your IT ops teams who were dedicated to you know, running production support and maybe a little bit of maintenance and so forth. And so I, you know, I would have brought the methodology and the framework on top of their current organizations, let them embrace it, let them uh, understand it let them start working on improvements based on their current organizational structures. And then once they felt mature on that and they felt very comfortable what an SRE role should look like and what a team should look like, then move them into an organizational structure. So that was definitely a, a big learning for me, uh, you know, having done this. Excellent. And I think this is very structured and it's very nice to hear a, a fresh new insight from the way that you looked at your SRE squads and way that you structure the team. So one of the Curiosity for me always as we start looking at organizations is about the enablement part, right? So where do you start? Because you have people on both sides of the spectrum who have the development background, some people on the infrastructure, mm -hmm. some people hardcore uh, architects. So how do you build that an enablement program that is common enough for people to come to that common uh, baseline where everybody has got a shared understanding of what is SRE, the capabilities and the outcomes that we are kind of focusing on. And particularly with a kind of an SLO kind of a concept, mm -hmm. how do you how do you make that as a reality? Because it's easy said and done because we have our traditional metrics that we are focused on. Now we are shifting the whole gears towards service level objectives. It's more of an end-to-end -end value chain. So enablement would have been a tough uh, bit on this whole scale. Right. So, you know, our primary focus was, again, getting those SRE teams in place and getting, you know, getting those core tenants uh, understood. Ooh. I'm sorry. Notice. And getting those uh, core tenants understood and, and really, again, creating that squad who was primarily made up of, uh, you know, conventional IT ops folks. Uh, we did have some software engineers and some tech leads that became, you know, the SRE engineers. Uh, but you're you're exactly right. If you look at the if you look at the core focus of reliability engineering, it's not just about ensuring that we have tight up, you know, uh, observability, so we can be preventative and and predictive instead of reactive, like we you know like we were before uh, before this program. And then you know your incident management and your problem management conventionally in your IT ops side of the space. But there's a whole second half of this where, you know, when we talk about operational readiness and we talk about shift left, for example, that's where we start bringing in those software engineering partners and those value stream and the business product owners into the equation. And you're exactly right. The SLOs and SLIs and our error budget processes are the secret sauce of how do you bring those together, right? Because, you know, conventionally we've done, you know, availability metrics, We've done, you know, some of our apps have performance measures and so forth. 
but it's not consistently done across the enterprise. And so this, you know, by introducing SLOs, right, and, and we have what we call four golden signals, availability, latency, quality, and throughput. So we're really driving that hard across these SRE teams and across the lines of business. We want to shift from, you know, calculating availability by time-based and figuring out how to subtract hours based on incidents, right? That's an old way of thinking. And now if you look at SLOs, which are aggregate-based, and, and now we're measuring truly the, the requests that are coming into our apps and services, we're making a determination that this was a successful request or this was a failed request, and that's how we're calculating availability, right? Because in time-based, you miss a lot of you know, potential user impacts yeah. because of the way you're, you're calculating it, and there's a lot of manual intervention there. Sure. And then with the introduction of, of error budget, that's really a great concept where we bring the SR the SRE product owners together with the SRE with the business product owners on the value stream teams. Now we're talking similar language and we're holding those value stream teams co-accountable for availability, reliability, performance, all of that. So now we're shifting we're shifting the accountability of building observability and maintaining observability building, you know, HA, uh, making sure our DR plans are kept current, making sure our application metadata is updated, making sure releases uh, have rollback plans, right? Those are all operational capability, operational readiness capabilities, but now we're holding software engineers and, and business product owners accountable for doing that in the value streams. Instead of just focusing on new features, deploying the new features to production, and then the poor IT ops teams got to figure out how to run it and they got to, you know, build new observability because it wasn't done in the value stream. Right. So we have to change, you know, we, and if you think about that, that's a huge change management, you know, uh, uh, challenge. Right. And, you know, again, value stream teams are conventionally focused on, I need to deliver these new features because the business is pushing me and they need it. Right. And their, business, and their business models and their roadmaps are based on me delivering on a certain time range. Right. Well, yeah, that's important. But also making sure it runs effectively is equally important, right? So that's where we bring, you know, SLOs, SLIs, the common language, and then introduce error budgets to hold each other accountable for, you know, for those uh, operational readiness and for the stability and, and so forth. So that was a great point. Excellent. So what are some of the examples of the improvements for reliability uh, or resiliency that you have seen as a result of deploying SRE capability? Because as, as people say, the proof is in the pudding. So how do you validate that the that effort was uh, really on the right direction? Right. So, you know, we had one line of business that uh, came to us through an acquisition and uh, and then they uh, they were the first ones to want to migrate their full application portfolio up to AWS on our in our cloud uh, in our cloud journey. And you know when we first started working with them, it was very apparent to me that ooh they're pretty they're pretty immature in their just basic observability capabilities, right? They had gaps in monitoring. They had very little alerting, uh, not even, not even uh, you know, uh, preventative or predictive, you know, just the basic reactive uh, alerting wasn't there, right? They didn't even have logging capabilities. So 
we spent, you know, a good candidly about six months working with them. And that was their, that was the number one priority of their backlog uh, as they got into their, uh, as they got into their operating model. And if, uh, and, and if you look at the differences between where they were, where they would have failures in their applications and they wouldn't know about it until the user came in at eight in the morning and said, I can't use this application. What's going on? Right. right. So, you know, so now they're moving from that model to a model where now they'll know that the failure occurred at two in the morning. They'll right. fix it by four in the morning. And when the user comes in at eight, they're going to be able to use those applications and, and those uh, and those solutions. Right. So that's kind of a, a very basic uh, example of, of some, you know, of some uh, improvements that we've seen. Right. You know, if we look at some of our other lines of business that are that are more mature in their capabilities, you know, we start looking at things like operational readiness. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, those value stream teams are primarily focused on getting those new features out, right? They, they're they not really focused on, you know, the operational components to that, or what I'll call the non-functional operational readiness requirements of, you know, observability and and, and HA and DR and, and logging and things of that nature. So uh, a couple of our lines of business have introduced formal operational readiness checklists with their value stream teams. And now you start seeing the, the, so the software engineers embracing those concepts and you start seeing them working on those key uh, areas as part of their sprint. So not only are they building the new features, but they're making sure that they can be monitored. They're building the new observability for the new service if they're building one. They're making sure the logging patterns are, are right and that we, you know, build observability into the logs. They're making sure they update the application metadata. They're making sure that they update the DR plans uh, appropriately because when a failure occurs, you know, you know as well as I do, you need, you need the right documentation in order to be successful in your recovery efforts. So now we're starting to see that shift left and we're starting to see that operational readiness start to pay dividends in some of our more mature lines of business. Excellent. So what have you learned? I know you talked about deploying SRE capabilities across several line of business and they all come with different maturity levels. So how do you handle that considering that there could be someone who is just starting the kickstarting the journey like the acquisition company that you talked about and some could be much more mature. Sometimes it's overwhelming to kind of see two extremes. So how do, what is your strategy from a center of enablement as well as uh, bringing in that standardization, how do you go about approaching and what are some of the lessons learned? Sure. So what we've done is uh, in the center of enablement, when we start working with a, with a line of business, we actually created a series of maturity assessment uh, 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 templates, if you will. And one of them is around the core tenant and, and feature uh, maturity. So we look at their observability, we look at their incident management practices, we look to see if they're doing anything around operational readiness and most LOBs were not doing anything with shift left because that's a, you know, that's a new concept for us uh, that we're introducing. And then, you know, as far as automation, yeah, we had pockets of, of some automation, but again, we wanted to make it much more rigorous and, and focused area. So, you know, we, we actually did those assessments. So we baseline the, the tenant maturity. We also did an agile maturity assessment and we, we uh, just so we understood Hey, are they, are they, you know, do they clearly understand, you know, agile and how to run a sprint cadence and sprint planning and PI planning and sprint retrospectives and backlog refinements do that, you know, are they mature in those or do we need to really train them, you know, from the ground up? 
Right. And then we also did a, uh, a skills competency, both technical skills and what I'll call soft skills or, uh, you know, other skills like critical thinking and things of that nature with each of the SRE engineers that were, uh, that were brought on as part, of the, as part of the team. And the purpose of those assessments was, uh, as far as the core tenant assessments, we used that to determine uh, our training curriculum. So we had a standard set of training curriculum that was based on, and it was about a six to seven week uh, you know, activity. And we used the maturity assessment to determine, okay, so when we're training on observability, they're pretty mature on full stack, but they really are very immature on transaction tracing. So let's hit that one harder. And then we really put a focus area on those low mature uh, capabilities that we got out of the assessments. And then that's how we, uh, we were flexible in our training curriculum. And then once we finished the training, what we did is we provided both agile coaches and we also provided SRE uh, engineering coaches for at least six months after the training or until we felt comfortable that the team has reached uh, a level of maturity where they can become more self-sufficient and then we can just touch base with them uh, on, a, on a, a more infrequent basis. Right. The other thing that we did is uh, we created a, an SRE community of practice. Now that we have multiple lines of business that, are, uh, that have SRE teams and have been trained and, and capabilities, we want to make sure that they don't stay in silos and you know, drive the benefits. We want to spread the, the, the wealth and the knowledge across all of the SRE and the, and the reliability engineering framework best practices. So we bring all of those SRE teams together, and sometimes we bring industry experts in, like we had a couple sessions with Google. Uh, you know, we had a couple sessions with some of our other marketplace vendors. You know, we talk about best practices. We talk about wins. We talk about challenges. Uh, we'll talk about our tools, right? So we're, you know, we're building a new AI ops capability, which is really going to you know, provide huge benefits to SRE capabilities in the future. Uh, so again, the community of practice is also a way, you know, to continue maturing the, the, the practice and to really sharing those best practices across the, uh, across the enterprise. And then, you know, back to those maturity assessments, we want to we continue to monitor those every six months. So we, want, we should be seeing improvements in their maturity uh, across the board, in their maturity of uh, their, their uh, core tenant capabilities and, and features. We should see them getting, you know, velocity increasing in, in, in their agile capabilities. And then when the team competency, we use that specifically where the SRE product owner can build developmental plans for each of the SRE engineers so they can get additional training, they can get additional mentoring and coaching, whatever is necessary. Uh, so again, uh, without having that assessment framework, you know, to me, we wouldn't really have the data and the knowledge to understand, you know, how to, how to, uh, you know, be flexible on the training, and then how to, you know, make sure that we, uh, that we sustain it going forward. Excellent. So our final question would be, as you started to see this SRE journey, nurture this baby towards a reasonable amount of maturity, what are your plans in order to make sure that it is sustainable, right? And it's not a you know, one time that we did it, and then we go back to the old ways of working. So how do you ensure that this whole journey is more sustainable and will deliver expected outcomes because there are going to be new challenges. There could be right. new initiatives that are going to drive in. So what's the go forward from here uh, in, in, in the journey towards SRE? 
So I, I work uh, within the infrastructure organization here at the Hartford, and uh, we, we have a, uh, a set of teams within our, within our organization that are focused on, I'll say, the process and tools. So, for example, incident management, blameless postmortem, you know, and then the ITIL capabilities around release change, availability, uh, configuration, things of that nature. So we have a team that, that is the process owners uh, around there. And then we also have a team of uh, what I'll call reliability engineers uh, within the infrastructure organization. And each of those reliability engineers uh, also have a team behind them of performance engineers, as well as uh, service restoration managers and problem managers. And right. each of those reliability engineering teams are aligned to one of our one of our uh, lines of business. So what I've done, uh, what I've just finished actually, is training those two teams on the reliability engineering framework. So they got the exact same training that all of the SRE teams uh, have gotten over the past year or so. And so now, in order to sustain this, in order to continue driving the maturity around those uh, CIO areas and within ourselves and the infrastructure team, uh, we, I will be working with the, those two teams in the infrastructure to continue uh, on our maturity journey. We also put together uh, a presentation around a maturity journey of the SRE. So we show, uh, we show per, uh, uh, proposed timelines of, of how long it would take to mature capabilities around each of those core tenants and features. And that'll be the playbook, if you will, for our reliability engineering team and our ITIL process teams to really help their CIO partners continue on their maturity journeys. Excellent. So I think uh, this has been a great uh, journey so far for the Hartford and hats off Steve for spearheading some of those initiatives. I know that the viewers and the community would stand to get benefited a lot from this uh, story. So I wish you and the team at the Hartford a, a great uh, journey ahead. We cannot uh, wait to see what other stellar success you get in your journey forward. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And, and it's been a great pleasure, everyone, to listen from Steve on his journey of and his company's journey on uh, the SRE. So I hope you enjoyed the session. Put on your comments if you have any questions for Steve. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next time in our next episode of SRE Practitioner. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you.